0: Welcome back to the Kelly Truth Squad. I am William Kelly, and uh, you know what? Whenever I hear that song, I just want to do my uh, Elvis dance. You know, <laughs> the way he used to like shake his—he, you know, he didn't just shake his hips. He was shaking his shoulders. He was shaking his everything. He was working it. Okay, he—that man was not lazy. Damn it, he had a lot of energy and a lot of charisma, and um, that's why—that's uh, why he was the king, the king of rock and roll and uh but uh, but you know what he gave vegas a good name he gave vegas a good name okay he's the you know when people want to go to vegas it's because they want to be like elvis okay now you see like so many other things in our society now uh it's actually um the things that we used to like the things that we used to admire the things that we thought were just beyond reproach okay like the secret service okay I grew up as a kid, just imagining that that gold badge, that Secret Service badge, was—you uh, could not taint that. The problem is not the Secret Service, okay? The problem is leadership. Everything, everything comes down to leadership. And if uh, if the Secret Service goes bad, that means that the that the leader, the top, is is bad, okay? Because I guarantee you one thing about the Secret Service is they would never. The one thing I can tell you about these guys is they would never do anything unless they thought that it was okay, okay, that they thought that uh, that it was that that it was uh, somehow um, acceptable for them to do it. Uh, but we're going to talk about the Secret Service in uh, in our uh, in in this uh, hour of the of the show, the Truth Squad, the Truth squad okay i gotta give myself a little speech therapy there uh take a take a second uh, to um work on my speech but uh anyway well what uh what uh the reason we were playing that viva las vegas song at the at the top of the show is not just because i i happen to be an Elvis fan which i am of course uh who isn't not just because i would love to go to vegas one day i've never actually been to vegas
1: you really have never gone to Vegas. i have
0: never been to vegas wow uh, clearly, I am not a government employee. <laughs> but uh, anyway, um, but the problem is that once again, let's let's just stick with the theme here: leadership. Okay, you have this uh, this uh, GSA, uh, Maureen. What does the GSA stand for?
1: General Service Administration. The
0: General Service Administration. They apparently uh, took a junket. Now, what does the General Service Administration do? Does anybody know Warner? Brian, Maureen, anybody.
2: <laughs> Apparently, they take junkets. That's what we've learned. Aha. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay. That's their job, you know to what, Warner, waste government money on
0: junkets. Good for you, Warner. You See, Warner Warner just made it simple, made it clear, okay?
1: Well, the irony is that the agency actually created to save money by coordinating right. federal purchasing and contracting.
0: Exactly. That's um, what it's actually charged to do. So, So, in other words, they did the exact opposite of what they were supposed to do.
1: It seems like they were using their time to find ways to get around all the government regulations and restrictions on tax do- dollars, and come up with creative schemes to spend tax dollars. Okay. Uh, for their own benefit.
0: So, so there you go. I mean, if <laughs> if that doesn't tell you everything you need to know, the the actual agency that is create that was created for the purpose of um of controlling government waste and inefficiency is engaged in a scandal. Um, for government waste and inefficiency. <laughs> um, all, all I can say is thank God. Not, this not just
2: inefficiency, outright fraud. Yeah. Right? They they are defrauding uh, us, we taxpayers, of money for their
0: junkets. Right. Oh, now, now, wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. How can now? In what? How are they engaging in fraud, Warner?
2: By taking the money that should be going uh, for their work. And and spending it on fun time. There you go. Okay. In my opinion, that's fraud, wouldn't you think?
0: You know, I I would think so too. But um, you see, if it was a Republican administration, then we would, uh, then then we would have been hearing the word oh, yeah. fraud a lot yeah. more often, right? In re, in regards to this, we'd be hearing for investigations. This would be bigger than Watergate.
2: You know, and before before our, our, some of our listeners out there may be saying, "Oh, come on, you can't blame our good old Barack for." this kind of thing. That's way down the line from the president. The reason we have a unitary executive, the reason we have a president, not a committee, is so that we can blame one person for the downfalls and the troubles of our right. government and get rid of that person and, and cause you know a reform to happen. Uh, uh, the Federalist Papers uh, specifically pointed out that we have a unitary executive because if you have a committee of people running things, there's no way to find who is at fault, especially but, you know, if they they they're all in Vegas. It <laughs>
0: yeah. Especially if they're all in a hot tub in Vegas drinking sangria. Damn it! So well. whether
2: whether you can blame Obama directly or not uh, uh, for not being in charge of the people personally of the GSA, he is at fault because he's the man. Oh no in no, the no, big no 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 no
0: no! Warner, whoa whoa whoa! Wait a second. Who is in charge of the GCA? G-
2: G- G- well i mean and he is again you know this is a regulatory agency so uh, he's at fault it's oh no, no
0: but there's actually a director of the gsa that is true who is it i want to that know is. this man's name right now maureen it's uh jeff neely. jeff neely well jeff neely certainly is going to take uh is going to step up he'll and, step up and say it what is jeff he'll take,
2: say? he'll take the blame only
3: mr neely you have not provided us with any uh written testimony before the committee do you wish to make an opening statement No, Mr. Chairman, I don't. It is my understanding from your counsel that you may want to assert your constitutional privileges and remain silent. Is that correct? Yes, Mr. Chairman, that's correct. Mr. Mr. Neely, the topic of today's hearing is GSA's culture of waste and spending. You are uniquely positioned to provide testimony that will help the committee better understand the GSA's spending of more than $850,000 at the conference in Las Vegas in 2010. To that end, I must ask you once again to consider answering the questions. So, if you'll bear with me. Mr. Neely, what is your title at GSA? Mr. Chairman, on the advice of counsel, I respectfully decline to answer based upon my Fifth Amendment constitutional privilege. Did you attend the 2010 Western Regional Conference in Las Vegas? Mr. Chairman, on the advice of my counsel, I respectfully decline to answer based upon my Fifth Amendment constitutional privilege.
0: This this man definitely has, uh, has, uh, has definitely, uh, exerted his constitutional privileges and then some, Hmm. and then some.
1: So $850,000 or more. Think about it. I'm telling you, man, this guy
0: has a, has a career as a secret service agent, yo. That's what I think. Can I, can I say here, I, I have to ask a question to my, um, to my, uh, to my, um, uh, my producer. Um, can I say the word bitch on the radio? You may. Uh, can I say the word "ho" on the radio? Uh, you may. Um, can I say the word um, um, "bitch" of the United States of America? Yo, on the radio. Uh, you may. <laughs> How about "pimp" of the of the United States of America? Yo. Uh, once again, you may. <laughs> okay, I am. Go- I have definitely got clearance to talk about the next three. Uh, the th- the next three issues that we're going to be talking about on-, on the Truth Squad here tonight. Um, the, I gotta be honest with you. Growing up Irish Catholic on the South Side, of Chicago, I really did not think that we were gonna get to this point in our um, in our in our in our country where we would be seeing on a day de- on a regular basis these kinds of things that you would normally only associate with a third world country. A third world country. Am I right? You mean this kind of spending and the. That, that government officials are just
1: laughing about spending $850,000 or more of the taxpayers' money? No, no, no. Not, not just all the, that kind not, of stuff. the
0: spending, the waste, the fraud. The behavior. The behavior. The behavior. Is this? Do you mean, this, you you mean the
1: lavish meals at our expense? Do you mean the seventy-five thousand dollars for bicycle building workshops and the mind readers and the clowns and the comedians that they hired? Are you talking about that?
0: No, wait a second. You're not. Hey, wait a second. Don't talk about my private life on the radio for crying out loud. <laughs> okay, then I won't talk about the
2: hookers and the uh, junkets no. of other nations. Well, we'll
0: leave that out too. No, wait a second. Now you're now you're talking about the Secret Service. Um, now this is truly this is truly it, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. This guy, this guy is. Um, you know what? We're gonna try and get this guy on the phone, and I and I'm gonna I'm gonna have a few words with this guy uh, when we come back with more of the Kelly Truth Squad.
4: Right on, America! More with the Kelly Truth Squad coming your way next.
0: Woman. Welcome back to the Kelly Truth Squad. I am William Kelly. And, uh, you know, we see headlines every single day in the news. The horrible, horrible headlines. And uh, it's um it's heartbreaking as a lifelong citizen of the city of Chicago, the city that I love, to realize that there are more shootings, more murders, more crimes in the city of Chicago on a weekly basis than there are in Iraq and Afghanistan put together. Okay. And uh, this, the Chicago police, who you know I grew up admiring, and I still do to this day, um, obviously are somehow not um, equipped or capable of um, uh, to do anything about it. Apparently, um, maybe they never were. Maybe I was just living in a fantasy world that that the police were were actually able to to keep us safe. Um, I, I'm sure that you know that the fact that they um, <clears throat> every time they try to apprehend a criminal. The fact that they somehow are are disciplined themselves and, you know, in some cases sued and the city sued for millions and millions of dollars. So I'm sure that that might have something to do with it. There might be a little bit of a deterrent effect on the police to try to actually go out and prevent a crime. Um, but, uh, but thankfully, there's at least one person in the city of Chicago uh, that has not been deterred, at least not yet. Um, his name is Ron. He's, uh, I saw him on the news the other day. He was, uh, you know what, let's let him tell a story. I think he can tell it a lot better. Uh, do we have Ron with us? I'm here. Hello, Ron. How are you doing, brother?
5: Good, Bill. How are you?
0: Uh, extremely good, and we're extremely honored to have you on the show. You are truly a hero. <laughs>
5: well, thank you. I don't look at it that way, but uh, just trying to be uh, a good citizen. That's all.
0: I have one question. Why? And, and we've got Maureen in the studio and Warner and, of course, Brian, who you talked to, our producer. Um, why is it that whenever anybody uh is um uh is called a hero the very first thing that they say is i'm not really a hero (laughs) what is it now wait a second now ron you can answer that question because you are a hero and i just called you a hero and you just declined the title hero so tell us what was going on in your mind (laughs) yes you are you are and i'm not i'm not knocking you trust me i just called you a hero so clearly, I'm not attacking you, but I'm asking because I've always been curious about this uh, this uh, this phenomenon, this anti-hero hero phenomenon. Okay, so what I want to know from you is what went th- what goes through your mind that makes you think that you should say, "No, I am not a hero."
5: Hmm. Well, I'll, I'll tell you why. Because you know, this is just one brief moment in my uh, life where I happened to come upon something that to me was so absolutely and utterly, I'm astounded by what I was looking at, and it was a reaction, and that's what I did. I think, in my opinion, the real heroes in this world are the Chicago firefighters, yes. the Chicago Police Department, and the men and women that are serving this country that know every day when they get up out of bed... That there's a potential that they're going to come across something like this, and they're going to have to react. And that that person that is assaulting that person, fortunately, like I was, did not have a gun, you know. And right. um, you know, I was able to to get him to move off this pers- this woman in the alley and run, and I was able to catch him. So I mean, you know, for me, it was a reaction. It went from very con- a big concern for this person that was being assaulted in my- outside of my home once I knew she was reasonably safe, I couldn't quite honestly I couldn't tell you what her condition was, is I would I stopped briefly just to talk to her and then turned to anger to get this guy because, you know, no one wants to see that kind of thing happen in their neighbor. There's no question about that. And, you know, the hero title, I mean you're right, a lot of people have said that, you know. Um but I would tell you this as well. Growing up in my household, you know, uh, you know, my father I heard stories about him when he was in Navy. I heard stories, and I I witnessed things that he did himself. You know, he would stop on the side of the road in a car accident. He would jump out of the car, and he would help people until paramedics arrived. So this is something that I, you know, witnessed myself early on. So it just seemed natural, I guess, maybe, for me to try and reach out and help somebody. And that's really kind of how I looked at it. You know, I mean, you know, at this point, I don't know how to explain it. I don't know why I did what I did. The police department said, you know, like, I could have had a gun, you know. Right. Did you think about that? And I said, you know, not until the moment that you just met him. <laughs> well, and, that. and that's I did just not the point, you know. Had a gun, but you know what? I don't know that I would have changed it. And the police a lot of people wonder me too, that. Because you know what? I'd have done the same thing, Ron
0: and ron let me just say this first of all well said well said okay um and uh and that, that is that that is truly you know the amazing thing is that um you you know you you had no idea if this person had a gun or not how many people would have stayed in front in their own house hopefully i, I would hope that the answer would be nobody would have
5: stayed in their house right. and watched well, something I did like have that some of my neighbors come out i'm sorry to interrupt but I, yeah you know Robin Carmen some neighbors almost did it's a very similar thing that you know my I myself and my wife did you know she called mm-hmm. 911 while my wife was on the you know he came sure. out but he you know so you know people are doing this it's just you know I I, I had to jump on it cuz I happened to fall asleep on my couch down on the first floor wow. and, you know my wife in her frantic state of mind you know and I'm I thank god that she she woke me up and got me you know got my attention because when I saw it it was a reaction you know I went from I was sleeping on my couch and in fifteen seconds I had a full sprint down the alley so okay. <laughs> you know it happened very quickly and you know I say within a matter of a few minutes and i was i, I got to tell you I was so thankful when I saw that the squad car coming north on Western Avenue because they stopped they knew um the assailant was out there they made a quick turn in the park and with i mean within five or ten 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 seconds they had this person in custody so it, it you know it the results couldn't have worked out better because, you know, this guy is captured, and this, this young lady who clearly made a mistake, um, made herself available to this predator, um, you know, came away reasonably unscathed. Um, you know, she was assaulted, but, you know, and mentally she's a, uh, you know, she probably has to go through adjustment period, but it could have been a lot worse. It really could have been a lot worse. So, now Ron, and I'm thankful.
0: And, and, and Ron, thank you for that uninterrupted, you know, you know in the moment, you know, explanation of of kind of uh, your your side of the story. Uh, for those people who don't know what the story is, let's back it up for a minute. What what exactly did happen in the alley uh, outside of your home?
5: Um, it was about three three thirty in the morning. Um, I was fast asleep on my couch. Uh, my wife—it's not normally where I sleep—but I had fallen asleep on the couch. My wife had had gotten up. Um, At one point, even when she was laying in bed, uh, she heard a woman struggling in the alley with somebody. Um, She looked out the window, and she saw the young lady who was, you know, with a man right outside her garage struggling. And she immediately came downstairs, and she said, I think there's somebody being assaulted in our alley. Um, I got up, looked out the window, saw what was going on. Um, I did ask her to go get, uh, a bat that I normally have around the house for just these occasions. <laughs> um, and, you know, there was no time to wait for her. I just immediately ran out the door and I went down the, you know, from my back porch, I, could, I got I a clear view of the alley. Um, I ran down my, the stairs, I had a, a shovel that was there. Um, I grabbed it and, um, I gave chase, you know, he immediately looked up at me and, uh, you know, he was not undressed at that point, but she was, and he had, um, you know, he got up and he began to run, and I, I ran in the direction that he was, which is away from me, heading west down the alley, and she, uh, I stopped there briefly, asked her a couple of questions. You know, is she okay? And you know, she was very upset, but uh, you know. Um, and I said, "Did you know who that was?" You know, and she said, "No, I don't know who that is." And so then it was go, and <laughs> I chased him. You know, I, I caught up to him eventually because he went across the park. It was a quick chase. You know, a couple of blocks, and then across the street. And then he, I think, he realized he was on a main thoroughfare and said, "You know, I probably need to get into the park." Although someone did tell me that he had a car there at one point, so maybe he was circling back to get to his car. And he stopped in the park and, and actually picked up a stick to defend what well, I found out to defend himself at that point because he thought I was going to kill him. And he probably was right, but I my intention wasn't to assault him. It was to really kind of protect myself with the shovel, but kept him and um, advised him that I didn't think it was such a good idea, you know, um, to drop the stick and get down. And the police, you know, are going to be here momentarily. He said a few things like he knew her and, you know, there, he was going to fight with her. And, I, you know, I said, I go, that's just no way to treat. Anybody, woman, man, I don't care. That's that's not true. And asked him to get down on the ground, and it was at that point that I heard the sirens from the police car, the patrol car, was coming north on Western Avenue. Um, He started to walk. I started walking with him. I think I said to him, like, you know, I could do this all day. And um, at that point, that's when I made the decision to run out into the street to tell the park, you know, to to redirect the police to go into the park, Mm -hmm. and at that moment, he started to head into the park. But you know, he's wearing a white shirt, so he's easy to spot. And the police just turned right into the park, pulled right up on him, grabbed him, and and wrapped him up. Now, um, now
0: this uh, this uh, this assailant, uh, alleged uh, assailant, is a uh, uh, is a Chicago cab driver. Am I am I right about that?
5: that that's what I understand. I mean, you, you, actually, most of the information from this point forward I've gotten from from the media, like yourself. So. Okay.
0: Um, so. Um, Now, what I'm reading in Sunday's Tribune from yesterday, or I should say Monday's uh, April 16th, uh, 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 Chicago Sun-Times, excuse me, uh, says that this uh, individual, uh, first of all, I'm having trouble pronouncing his name. It's um, uh, Adman Shasho. Adman Shasho? Sounds right. (laughs) Uh, That he is, in fact, uh, it says here that he is a cab driver, that he is from... um, he is an Iraqi immigrant and that, um, and that he is in fact, uh, bah, 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 he is being held at Cook County jail on bail, a $700,000 bail. Correct. Now, do you have any information about the trial? Uh, when this is, uh, what, what is the next step of this trial? Or do you intend to go, uh, to the, to the, to the trial?
5: Yeah, um, absolutely. I mean, if they, whatever the state, you know, we met with the state's attorney later on in the day, on on that Saturday. Um, It was rather a brief interview. And, uh, of course, uh, I told them, I said, you know, at this point, you know, use me as you need me. Um, Obviously, I... Yeah, I was going to say... Not knowing the whole process, I said, you know, I appreciate it if you can respect your privacy just from the standpoint of everything else. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, that obviously has changed a little bit. And from my perspective now... It's, um, you know, I think it's okay to share the story for a couple of reasons. One is, you know, I, hopefully if, if other people do see this kind of thing, and maybe this might spurn them on to maybe react or, or, or at least get more involved than maybe they normally would have. Mm-hmm. And the second thing is, you know, I was interviewed by one of the local uh, universities in Chicago, the Paul University, and, you know, there's a lot of programs where, You know, I'm I'm finding out where if people are in this same position that this young lady was, which is that she didn't have a ride home, that she made the decision to walk because the L was closed, that she could pick up the phone and call somebody, a chauffeur, and have them pick them up at no cost to her and have her taken home so that, you know, her mother doesn't have to worry about these kinds of things happening when she... Made a mistake, and then she doesn't have to pay for it with something like this. So, ah, so the mistake
0: know. that she made was just simply walking home. Wow! Yeah, what yeah. A, well, so she imagine was also that.
5: Also, a little distracted too with her her iPod.
0: Okay, so uh, now you're starting to sound like her dad, Ron. That's okay. <laughs> That's good. All right. Well, God bless you. Um, are you planning on bringing a shovel to court with you? <laughs>
5: Only if they ask.
0: Okay. Well, they, we might need uh, we we might need you to start a uh, like a shovel brigade where people just roam the neighborhood with shovels. Hey, I have a question for you. Did it ever has it has it crossed your mind since this incident that you could have uh, you could have been not just a very you know a, a local story of uh, of a hero of somebody who saved a life, but you could have actually become a national story of a vigilante who took the law into his own hands have you did it occur to you that this could have gone the, the zimmerman route if uh, if this uh, if this guy had threatened your life and you had, you know uh, whacked him with a shovel and um did, uh, did it, has it occurred to you that maybe you could have uh, ended up being the new uh, george zimmerman over here
5: you know um certainly that's crossed my mind but you know i somewhere along the way i think i have my father and i have god looking over me and making sure those kinds of things may or may not happen but that certainly would be up to them. I you know, I consider myself somewhat lucky that it didn't come to that, where I had to right. defend myself. Um, uh, sure, yeah, yeah, of course, but um, it's not, and uh, I don't have to worry about those things, thankfully.
0: Now, the police side, uh, one of the police officers, I don't know whether he was kidding you or giving you some uh, future advice here, when he said that uh, this assailant, uh, this uh, alleged uh, um, uh, assault um, perpetrator, um, yeah, could have had a gun. Did um, now do you do you believe that you as an obvious law-abiding citizen, somebody who clearly only wants to protect himself, his family, and his neighborhood, do you think that you should have a right to have a gun in your home, or well, to, you know, to carry it to protect protect yourself in in future situations like this?
5: Well, I don't. You know, quite honestly, I I haven't taken that. Uh... That stance at this point yet? Clearly, I think a person has the right to protect themselves. To what extent a person has the right to, uh, you know, protect themselves? Um, I think that should be left up to that particular person. I don't think they need to get a semi-automatic, you know, weapon and have it underneath their pillow. Sure. But uh, you know, this is, uh, you know, this is the United States of America. There's all kinds of things happening all around us. Right. Um, I, um, you know, I was kind of raised a little differently, so. Uh, and not to say that that means I'm pro or, or for, but, or con, but, um, sure. um, it's, that's just how I feel on it. You know, I think yeah. everybody has a right to protect themselves, and, you, and know? you know, the, I just had a shovel at that time, but you know, <laughs> I wasn't on my property either.
0: Watch hey, out for the man with the shovel. Yeah, You know what, There, you don't have to have, you don't need a permit to, to carry a shovel. I, that's sh- right. Shovel, that's so, right. so, I hear shovel sales have gone through the roof in, uh, in Lincoln Square, <laughs> but, uh, but hey, here's the deal. Um. What a, you know, the, the truth of the matter is, the very serious truth of the matter is, had he had a gun, there might be a different headline. There right. might be a headline, uh, two shot dead in the alley in Lincoln Square, suspect right. on the loose. Um, and, uh, and you know what? That would have been a one day story, guaranteed. Um, so, uh, so, you know, with that in mind, I guess, uh, that, like you said, that's not your, the, the gun, uh, issue is not necessarily your issue at this time, but, but, you know, I mean, that, that could have been the outcome of this situation. Thank God it wasn't. Do you know when the, uh, when the next, uh, court date is,
5: uh, you would I love don't, to follow. This. You know, I, I, the only thing I'll say, Bill, is I do rec- I, I recall reading something a day or two ago that there is some. Court date in early May. Okay, um, uh, I'm not sure what the hearing's for. I don't know if it's to reintroduce something else. Uh, I, I, quite honestly, um, the, the again the state's attorney um, has really kind of you know gone along with my request and said you know listen if there's anything you need please call. But sure, you now beyond that he has kind of left us alone. So I'm sure when he needs me I'll get a phone call.
0: Well, you know we truly appreciate you and. I, I would like to, uh, you know, when we meet, which I'm sure we will at some point here, uh, hopefully not in an alley, but um, <laughs> but uh, when we meet, I would like to present you with the first uh, the first William J. Kelly Award for Bravery. I don't know exactly what the prize is yet. Um, a golden shovel. A
5: golden <laughs> shovel. A golden shovel. There you go. Well, uh, some friends of mine have, you know, it didn't take too long for some of the but, you know the, the the jokes that come out, but a friend of mine did send me a, a picture of Shovel Man, so it's already gone out there.
0: <laughs> and uh, I just want to say, for the record, I am not a hero. I only give awards to heroes, and that does mm-hmm. not make me a hero. But anyway, I don't know why I hate to say that, but, uh, but yeah, that, that has always struck me as so odd when somebody who clearly does a heroic act, the first thing out of about is, I am not a hero. And, and it's, and you know, it's always so heartfelt. Have you ever noticed that whenever there's a hero on the news for whatever reason, the, the, the first thing that they say is, no, I'm not a hero. And you can see how like heavy hearted felt it is by that person what is that psychology well,
1: what's really interesting well, is anywhere along the line here ron could have said no right. or turned away and it wasn't You're just right. the split moment that he made the decision sure any point along the line he could have said okay i'm i'm not this is enough i'm not going to do it anymore and he didn't do that right. he, he did. He did everything that that a, a hero
0: yeah. would do. And I'm going to say that Ron is a hero. Number one. And I'm going to say that just talking to Ron, I know that Ron's a hero all day, every day. Okay, not just on that one day, but of course that day was kind of like the high point of the hero activity <laughs> <laughs> that I know of, anyway. But uh, hey, Ron, God bless you, brother. You're awesome. Uh, we'd love to have you back in May, and um, and uh, sure. we'd love to uh, you know follow this case. This is the kind of stuff that that you know that we want to uh that we want to follow you know there was another uh another person who uh, was not uh was a victim of a tragic attack uh, Nat- natasha mcshane who um you know we had uh, a benefit for she was uh, an irish exchange student um mm-hmm. i don't know if you're familiar with the story she sure. was uh sure. attacked um uh, uh struck in the head um in bucktown for her purse or you know whatever a couple of dollars she had on her and uh it's uh, it's heartbreaking, you know. Her recovery has uh, she has not made a full recovery, and um, some people question whether she ever will. It's it's you know to a certain extent, it is essentially the person who uh, who attacked Natasha. Um, you know, essentially, in my opinion, uh, is a murderer because uh, Natasha will never be the, sh- the same. And uh, right, right. and she didn't so,
1: have a Ron there to help her.
0: That's right, and she didn't have a Ron there to help her. Ron, once again, thank you. God bless you. Stay safe, and uh, and would love to uh, follow the story
5: very good well I, I did enjoy speaking with you and uh, morning. thanks for your kind words as well
0: you got it and we'll be back with more Truth Squad after this
5: your alternative resistance
4: news source stick around for more Kelly Truth Squad after this you're right where you belong Barack Obama again uh, you know President of the United States now I thought I told you not to listen to the Kelly Truth Squad what are you doing? The Truth in Broadcasting Radio Network. Now, back to the Kelly Truth Squad.
0: Welcome back to the Kelly Truth Squad. I am William Kelly. And, uh, wow, there was a time when the Secret Service was the the absolute, the absolute pinnacle of law enforcement, like the elite, Warner, yeah, you're from my generation. You know what I'm talking about. Absolutely. The Secret Service. Are you kidding me? These people were the they were superheroes in your in my eyes. So the the only thing that they didn't have was a cape. And why? Because they didn't want to call attention to themselves.
2: Right. Right. Exactly. They and, were um, they were just those steel men behind and surrounding the president.
0: Exactly right. But under this president. The Secret Service has a whole new uh, a whole new uh I guess a whole new rap. Yo, yo, yippee eye yippee eye yippee eye yippee eye You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It, this ain't this ain't no uh, you know potas. Is that is that is that what they call the president of the United States? That is true. Is that the pimp of the United States? Is that what they're calling him nowadays? Cause I cause that's uh cause I think that's he's straight pimping, yo.
2: I don't think we want the secret service uh <laughs> visiting us on this uh great show uh, but, uh, yeah, uh, oh
0: please <laughs> i am the I am the biggest fan that exists of the secret service okay or at least the secret service as i uh remember them as in my childhood Okay.
2: Not the ones that have the uh, names and addresses and phone numbers of all the hookers in town. Not that secret service. Not that's the news. Now, what
0: town are we talking about? Well, that's
2: a good question. Columbia, you know, Cartagena, right? uh, Other places.
0: Because here's the thing: Uh, we've obviously we're going to have a lot of world leaders here in the city of Chicago, and um, that means you know what that means: the the NATO NATO summit. summit, Yeah. For the NATO summit in May, that means we're going to have a lot of secret service in the city of Chicago. True, and that means you know what that means—that that uh, that, uh, that we that uh, we're going to have a lot of uh, women coming to Chicago thinking that that uh, that that means business business for them. You know what I mean? What's
1: really sad about the scandal is that it's not just one or two Secret Service agents, but it's so many. that's, huh. that's what's sad about it is yeah. that it, there's so, there was so much complicity here, and then you wonder, well. If they did it once, how many more times did they do this? Well,
0: yeah. I mean, there's there some. There are some serious. You know, as with almost any story, if you really want to get serious about it, you have to think it through. Okay, let's think past the the headline or the joke. Okay. Um. First of all, if this was one guy, you'd say, okay, fine. There, there there's one in every bunch. You know, there's, there's, you know, whether, we're, whether we're talking about politicians, priests, dentists, you know. Uh, Radio personalities, you know, (laughs) there's one in every bunch. Right. But for this to have been um, more than one shows that this was actually um, um, something that they clearly that 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 clearly was uh, was understood that this was going on. Right. I was, to, you I, was would tr- think I was just it would, trying to get you off of this.
2: You would think that it would have, have to have been happening for quite a while, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I mean, when, when someone's caught doing something, right. it's rarely the first time they were ever doing
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> just all of a sudden, yeah, out all of, of the, of the a blue, blue right? uh, every Secret Service agent spontaneously you know, brought South 40 America. prostitutes to the hotel. Yeah, yeah. It was just well, one of those, like, weird coincidences.
2: Yeah. And, and they had the, the itinerary of the president there. Right. I mean, these guys were open to all kinds of blackmail and trouble.
0: Exactly right.
2: But like I said, it had to have been happening before.
0: Right. And, and, you know, when you think about it, that these guys were in this country, you know, a week before the president got there. And apparently they had a lot of time on their hands. OK, to, uh, you know, for not only this whole prostitution angle, but, you know, drinking and everything else. And, you know, we're paying, the taxpayers are paying for this. Okay. So, I mean, was it really necessary for all of them to be there or, or were they just like taking shifts? Because, you know, when you get a little older, obviously, you know, it takes a little time to recover from all of the ex- revelry, revelry. You know what I mean? It's like, I gotta be honest with you. I just can't stay up all night, uh, you know, drinking and, um, cavorting like I used to. Well, if we had a you president know? that would spend a little more a- time in
2: America <laughs> instead of you know he and his play- family flying all across the world every five minutes, maybe uh you know maybe they could do it here. Well, well what I find interesting the, is, the, is that uh, it was uh,
1: what I find interesting is that the uh they were the uh, the services for some of these ladies were uh, upwards of two hundred dollars, and they the uh, reasons that the agents got busted is because they refused it to. Uh, to uh, submit some payment that the, the ladies were owed. Well, I guess they had, you know, if they if they knew what the payments were, I guess they've had some experience in this department before ah. what pr- what prostitutes in other areas may charge. Right. I and
2: mean, why are they disputing the <laughs> That's charges? Right. That's right. what they're doing. They're saying, yeah, the, the chicks down in Bogota don't charge as much. <laughs> yeah, I'm not paying.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, there was a story in the news recently about a pimp in the city of Chicago, who was charged, uh, and I guess he's been sent to pre- he's been convicted, he's sent, he's serving a, like a 50-year prison sentence now. We were going to pull the story, I don't know, Maureen, were you able to pull find that clip?
1: I'm still looking.
0: Oh, anyway, so uh, at any rate, this uh, this pimp, um, as they say in the industry, in, in the pimp and <laughs> hoe industry, yo, 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 yippee-yi, yippee Um this, uh, this pimp uh, apparently used to have all kinds of pimp parties with all of his uh, prostitutes. I guess the big problem is that now he's in prison with, and he's got all these, like, Secret Service agents coming to Chicago. This guy, you want to talk about a guy, you want to talk about opportunity meets preparation meets, like, a, per, a little... The, a, Very poorly timed prison sentence. Let me tell you, man. I wonder
2: if he can file taxes, uh, missed opportunity there. Yeah. You know, know, look at all the business I'm losing because I'm in jail. This is just not fair.
0: Exactly right. And uh, in fact, when he was sentenced to whatever, I think it was like a 50-year sentence, he cried. And I think it's because he realized that this NATO thing was like his big payday. And uh, sure enough, you know, he's going to prison.
2: Missed it by that much.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, um, you know, this is, uh, you know, with the job situation in this country, with, you know, gas prices, unemployment, you know, and then, you know, we, uh, one of our best pimps is sent to prison, you know, one month before the NATO summit in Chicago. It's uh, unbelievable. But apparently the, the Secret the, this Service. This Obama administration can't catch a break. <laughs> but apparently the Secret Service agents are pretty cheap. Oh. They even
1: want to. You
2: know, hey, that's a girls. good
0: point. So there's some good kind of point. maybe well, maybe, they could,
2: maybe they could go down to Pimp's R Us and get a cheaper pimp.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the fact of the matter is, I think you know there there's it's supply and demand. Number one, it's uh you know it's a free market. And uh, now that this uh, now that this pimp this uh, straight up pimping yo is in prison, now we've got uh, an opportunity for all the new young pimps. To take his place, well, you know, we've, job we've creation, field.
1: job creation, yeah,
0: job know. creation. Now you see, now that's what the Obama administration is going to have to do um, uh, is uh, send some stimulus money down here to Chicago to train those yo those young pimps. Well, you know, that might be a feather in Obama's
1: cap, you know, for for uh, his reelection.
0: Yeah, there you go. So uh, if we can just train those young pimps to to you know pick up the slack. Then, uh, then we're, everybody's going to be happy.
2: Though no, we, we needed a symbol sound, you know, <laughs> when you said stimulus and pimp
5: in the same
0: sentence, because uh, because you know what's going to happen here. You know what's you know you know what the you know what that uh, Cartagena cartel is uh, that Colombian cartel is thinking. They're thinking, all right. Well, you know what's good for the goose is good for the gander. Obama and his posse comes down to Colombia, and you know they're you know pimping and hoeing. Uh, now, you know, we're going to Barack Obama sometime in Chicago, and we, you know, we expect a little uh, hospitality, a little pimp hole hospitality, a little reciprocity.
2: Where to the white women?
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you know, that's what, you know, so now, now, you see, that's going to be the next big Obama embarrassment. That's where Obama's going to have to be making all these apologies to the Colombian delegation. No. Sorry, our best pimps in prison. What the heck? I think
1: Obama had some words to say about the Secret Service Oh, recently. okay.
0: Let's hear what Obama had to say about this.
6: On the Secret uh, Service, uh, these men and women uh, perform extraordinary service on a day-to-day basis protecting me, my family, keep it clean. U.S. officials. Uh, they do really very hard work? work under very stressful circumstances. Oh, I would not call
0: that stress. I would call that stress relief.
6: Almost invariably (laughs) do an outstanding job. And so I'm very grateful to the work that they do. Uh, What happened here in (laughs) Colombia is being investigated by uh, the director of the Secret Service. I expect that investigation to be thorough, and I expect it to be rigorous. Uh, If it turns out some of the allegations that have been made in the press uh, are confirmed then, of course, I'll be angry, because my attitude with respect to the Secret Service personnel is no different than what I expect out of my delegation that's sitting here. We're representing the people of the United States. And when we travel to another country, I expect us to observe the highest standards, because we're not just representing ourselves. We're here on behalf of our people. Uh, and and that means that we conduct ourselves with, uh, uh, with the utmost uh, dignity and probity. Uh, and obviously what's been reported uh, doesn't match up with those standards.
0: Oh, I, I think probity was the wrong word to use. And we'll be back with more Truth Squad after this.
4: Your alternative resistance news source. Stick around for more Kelly Truth Squad after this. You're right where
0: you belong. This is William J. Kelly. Now that the US Supreme Court has overturned the Chicago handgun ban, it's time to get ready. Chicagoans are now finally able to keep and bear arms to protect themselves and their families. And it's about time. All you have to do is complete a Chicago certification course at Illinois Gunworks. And that is the only place you need to go. It's easy. I just did it myself. Illinois Gunworks offers the Chicago certification course and a bunch of other training courses with the best experts in town, state certified instructors, the kind of people you want training you. You could spend the whole day at Illinois Gunworks. They carry most brands and can special order any kind you'd like. Just call Illinois Gunworks at 773-889-1114 or visit IllinoisGunworks.com. Illinois Gunworks is located at 7229 West Grand Avenue in Elmwood Park. Make Illinois Gunworks your first stop today.
4: The Truth in Broadcasting Radio Network. Now, back to the Kelly Truth Squad. Welcome back
0: to the Kelly Truth Squad. I am William Kelly. And uh, I lost a colleague. I lost a colleague this week, a fellow media mogul uh, named Dick Clark. He was uh, forever young uh, and um, just a, a real inspiration to me. When I started out uh, with um, in the industry, uh, when I uh, we started our production company uh, from scratch just like Dick you know we um had early success thankfully thank god with the uh, Emmy award winning Upscale Chicago and um and uh, you know we've got the Upscale network coming coming soon as well and uh, some other upscale-related projects that we'll be talking about very soon, and, but uh, but Dick, you know, he was uh, what I would what I learned from Dick and how you know the way that he uh, influenced my development as a media, um, not only you know personality in front of the camera, you know what I mean, but as a as a media business man and developer of various other shows and projects, and is that you kind of have to constantly be reinventing yourself. You have to constantly be looking for new. Um, new projects. Okay. And, uh, you know, I, I think that, you know, like social media, you know, we, we were one of the first shows in Chicago to incorporate Facebook and Twitter and all of those. So, well, MySpace at that time, right. Um, into upscale Chicago. And we did a lot of events. Dick, uh, Dick Clark also did a lot of events. That's what a lot of people don't realize. He was one of those celebrities that, um, uh, that was involved in charities. He would go, he would travel to, um, you know, to do, you know, he was, he was uh, involved with case of Chicago. I remember very early on, uh, you know, going and uh, seeing him introducing bands. He, he was, that's the thing about Dick Clark. It was, nothing was too big for him to handle, uh, you know, a music award show or, but, and there was nothing too small for him. He would, uh, um, he would go to the smallest event, MC, take pictures with everybody, shake hands, um, he never lost that common touch. Emma is that um, is that how you uh, kind of see it, Maureen? Uh, I <clears> see it that way. I also see someone
1: he that he's a oh, a trend spotter. He could ah. spot the trends and that was really what was interesting about him. yeah, really like no other personality. It's why they they always called him you know America's uh, oldest teenager. He was sure. around from the beginning uh, where you know music and 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 uh, TV intersected. Sure. and he brought those trends to America's living rooms in a way that no other personality living or dead sure, uh, has ever done. I,
0: I think I, that's one of the lessons that I learned from him is give people what they want. That's why I am. Uh, that's why I'm bringing the conservative politics to the, to the city of Chicago, because that is where there's a huge, like a, a a need for the conservative politics in Chicago. Oh, it's so. not
1: just a need; it's a the whole.
0: Exactly a can, right. A
1: canyon, so an empty a, canyon. <laughs> so,
0: so, uh, so obviously, there's a huge opportunity for success. Um, but uh, at any rate, um, and uh, and speaking of success, Dick Clark was there at the beginning of the of a lot of careers, like uh, like Madonna. Do we do we have that clip from my my uh, my uh, Dick Clark vault of uh, clips?
4: Welcome. Hi. We have waited a while for you to get here. This is a real treat for everybody. Now yeah. for goodness sake. Let us have a <laughs> She she gets a general idea. Let us have a just a couple of words, all right? Um, I said I gave the impression you started in New York. You didn't. You started somewhere else, didn't you?
2: Well, I was born in Detroit. Then you went to New York. Guess I'm a I'm a I'm famed high school dropout, so don't believe anything they tell you.
4: Tell tell me why you went from Detroit to New York to Paris. What did you do in Paris?
2: Well, when I came to New York originally, I was dancing with some dance companies, and I decided to go to Paris because um, a singer named Patrick Hernandez he had this big hit called Born to Be Alive. Yeah. He offered me um, a ba- a tour with him as a background singer and a dancer, so I jumped on that boat and got into the music industry that way and started writing songs. So here I am
4: when you went back to New York, you sang with a trillion bands, you quit yeah. and you went out on your own were you the least bit scared to do that?
2: not really i think i've always had a lot of confidence in myself
4: we are we are a couple of weeks into the new year what do you hope will happen not only in 1984 but for the rest of your professional life what are your dreams what's left
3: Mm, to rule the world
4: there you go ladies and gentlemen this is madonna
0: there you go. That was Dick Clark and uh, and of course Madonna who went on to success and and uh, and that's iconic mm, success. And that's why, you know, that's and why And she
2: gained an English accent.
1: <laughs> there you <laughs> go. She, Which we
2: didn't hear in that clip.
1: Although I think she had a Parisian accent in that cli- yeah, she, clip. Yeah, she, she was trying to put very, on something, wasn't she? Some you? kind of an air. Mm-hmm. But uh, <laughs> but
0: anyway, that's that's the great thing about being a media mogul is that you get to promote talent and that's what we hope to do with the new season of not only upscale radio but upscale TV coming soon. Uh, check out um, check out you, can, you know what you can do is go to upscaletv.com better yet just go to kellytruthsquad.com uh, and uh, you click on the Facebook and the Twitter and you'll get all the information and we'll be back with more Truth Squad after this
4: have no fear the Kelly Truth Squad will be right back after this The Kelly Truth Squad, only on the Truth in Broadcasting Radio Network.
0: Welcome back to the Kelly Truth Squad. I am William Kelly, and uh, what a great show. Um, And uh, Maureen and Warner and Brian, and uh, I think that, you know, we do, uh, we've covered a lot of ground here today, haven't we?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely.
0: And, you know, as a lot of people probably remember and realize, a big goal of mine, I guess a pet project you could say, is saving democracy. And uh, it's 2012. It's a it's a presidential election year, and uh, there's a lot going on. I mean, there's a lot at stake. We've never had worse. I mean, my God, unemployment. The uh, the job creation is is just dying. Uh, the gas prices through the roof. Um, taxes through the roof. Um, we really have to turn this country around. Okay. I mean, just crime in the streets. You know, you know that, you know that the economy is really really bad when you have people just out in the street. Uh, committing crime out of just pure desperation. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. Especially in the city of Chicago. It's 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 absolutely out of control. I think that, you know, the the the, the clips that I'm seeing on YouTube. Thank God for YouTube now. You know, you you really get to see a lot of the things that are happening in the streets or maybe not so nice to well, see here
1: and over across the, you know, on the other side of the ocean. Right,
0: you know, because Greece, yeah, exactly here, right. Everywhere. Uh, because the media for some reason, well, for some reason they don't want the media—they want to really drive home what the people already know, because they know that if people really, really, really connected all the dots on the economy and jobs and gas prices and crime, there's no way that Barack Obama would get reelected. Um, so um, there now—did you say that there was a, a commercial? Something that um,
1: RNC had uh, they put out uh, some uh, an interesting ad on uh, on the state of uh, the United States. Well, uh,
0: I'd be interested to hear what it is.
1: It is very interesting.
0: Brian, do you have that?
6: Yeah, I'm not going to make any excuses. I'm not going to make any excuses.
0: I will be held accountable. You need to know quickly how people
2: feel about what's happening. That's
6: exactly right. We're not there. Well, we're not there because this recession uh, turned out to be a lot deeper than any of us realized. I'm not going to make any excuses. Uh, I came in in the midst of the worst uh, recession since the Great Depression. I'm not going to make any excuses. The worst recession since the Great Depression. There have been some things that we could not control. We've had a string of bad luck. An earthquake in Japan, an Arab Spring in the Middle East, the economic headwinds coming from Europe, the uncertainty surrounding the raising of the debt ceiling, because of automation, because of globalization. Part of the reason the manufacturing's declined is because automation. But understand, this was not our program per se. You used to go to the bank teller. Now you go to an ATM machine. Yeah, I'm not going to make any excuses. We didn't create the condition. We haven't. Uh, we haven't solved it fully yet. If stuff hasn't worked uh, and people don't feel like I've I've led the country in the right direction, well, I don't think they're better off than they were four years ago. You'll have a new president. You know. The Republican National Committee is responsible for the content of this advertising.
0: You know that had a good beat. I I found myself bobbing my head to that. I, I you could dance to that. Uh, you could. It's you like, could, yo, 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 yippee-yay, yippee-yay, yo, yo, yippee-yay,
2: yippee-yay. I think it needed a little Blues Brothers clip in there. So, yeah, I me- remember the scene where where John Belushi was on his knees in front of his uh, jilted lover and saying, it wasn't my fault, I swear it! Ah! <laughs> There you go. I, it needed that in there somewhere.
0: We, could, we can mix that in. We can do the remix on that commercial and uh, just take that out to the clubs, yo. And, um, and maybe we could even get Barack Obama and his posse, you know, while they're in town for this NATO convention. Uh, can you imagine that? You know, the the straight pimpin' uh, of the United States. Now, what, what is that POTUS? What does POTUS stand for?
2: President of the United States. POTUS. Well, I'm
0: telling you, that if, if the president doesn't jump on this, uh, one of these rappers is going to do it. The pimp of the United States of America. Yo, think about that. He could get like a big diamond hat and just go out to the clubs. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And uh, and I think that if we could just, you know, obviously we, we want to promote the Truth Squad, right? So maybe we could do like a rap song with the president when he's in town and just go out to all the clubs and promote it. What do you think?
1: It could happen. I'm not sure what kind of, you know, it, I, I was, well, I guess given the Secret Service's current problems, maybe security isn't as much of an issue as it used to be. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, it might be possible to, to <clears throat> get in there and... You know, talk to the president directly about
0: this. Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, so I don't gee, I, with this whole NATO summit. I'm just thinking that there's got to be there's got to be an opportunity here. Yeah. You know, to promote the show. Yeah,
1: Opportunity meets preparation. As said.
0: <laughs> well, you know, I did take a I I did take a, a class a rap yeah. class. Did you? I did. Yeah. Did Did you know that Warner? No, I did not. Yeah, I, I took a rap class, and um,
2: no, you didn't.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I'm working on I'm working on a rap. It's the ROM rap. Um, should I? No? Okay. Maureen's shaking her head. She doesn't want to. She, she White guy yeah. rap, you know? Uh, uh, okay, no, we're not going to do that right now. But no, I know why. You want to save that for the right time. You want me to bust that You've out? you got
1: to be ready for it. I mean, people have to be ready for it. They have to be primed for it. They okay. So you <laughs> want me to bust that us.
0: out? Um, I, I I see what you're saying. You want me to bust that out for the president while he's in town. Yeah,
1: you don't want to give that one away. Okay, okay, you can't okay. Just let you know, it, know what? You know, that's right. A, let's, uh, this is a trade secret
0: here. Yeah. See, so you are you are a good. Yeah, you you, you got to slap
1: a copyright on that. You got to <laughs> You got to go, fill out the form with the U.S. Copyright Office. To make sure you're fully protected.
0: Okay. All right. Well, you see, I, I've got I've got something to. Yeah. I don't know if you want to hear. You don't want to hear any of it right now. Well, you know. That's, you know, I'm, one just, of I'm the I'm best just, of one. <laughs> Okay. All right. But uh at any rate, we, we definitely have um we definitely have made a lot of progress in uh uh in, in just one hour. We have done the national media's new the national media's job in one hour of the truth squad. And um, we are definitely looking forward to and I'm very I, I apologize, my God, to Steve Dowell, uh who has been on hold this entire time. We're definitely gonna have you back, Steve, uh, next week to uh to plug your your podcast. God um uh, I, I i apologize for that um you can see my rap the the rom rap at the uh, kelly truth squad tv uh youtube channel just uh, search uh, william j kelly on youtube or william j kelly uh conservative or um kelly truth squad i guess is the way you would do that uh kelly go uh follow us on facebook twitter and um you you know you'll find out about all of our events that are coming up: our cigar night, our karaoke night, our uh, our salsa dancing night, our upcoming boat cruise for crying out loud! And uh, you're going to be amazed when you find out who is going to be the guest of honor at that uh, on that boat cruise. Um, it's, um, it's it's uh, it's it's going to be um, a night to remember, right? Oh wow, another night to remember. <laughs> another night to remember. <laughs> and um, but, uh, but 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 uh, most importantly, please join us back here again. Uh, next week because it is never too early to start tainting the jury pool.